This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Senior Minister Dee Dee Bacon will be teaching the message. Welcome. I'm glad you can be with me here. This is my favorite chair at home. One of the things that I love to do, one of my other favorite things to do whenever I'm near a body of water is to take the opportunity to skip rocks. I love finding flat rocks and, and throwing them across the water and to see how many jumps I can make. If the water is particularly calm, it's so great to see the, the ripples, the effects that though the skipping rock has. If it's particularly clear, I, I love to, to hear the little lap of the waves that are created by the ripples with skipping rocks. And I want you to hold on to this, 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 this image of ripples created in the water because it points to a truth that we are all experiencing right now. We don't live in a vacuum. We are connected to others and therefore actions, things that we do, attitudes we have, things that we say have an effect on others. I mean, I don't think I need to belabor this much more. The reason why we are here is because individuals were infected with this virus in China. What happened there now is changing our lives and turned it upside down here. Why? Ripples. You know what else causes ripples? Marriage. Marriage. Marriage has an effect on other things. Marriage According to sociologists, the conditions and health of marriage affects more than just the marriage. It affects society. The first folks that, as we continue on in this series, uh, seven things kids need to hear, uh, we need to remember that the, the first people that are affected by the first, if you'd like, wave of the ripple of the condition of our marriage are our kids. Last week, we, we began with the statement that kids need to hear you say, I love God, and they need to see you live that out. Well, number two on that is that if marriage affects kids, then kids need you as mom. They need you to say, I love your dad. And dad, they need to hear you say, I love your mom. Why? because marriage affects the kids. This came to light not too long ago in a conversation Shannon and I were having with my daughter Madeline. She's an adult and she has a great way of imitating me and imitating my wife and just, just making us laugh. And we were talking about times in which uh, she has witnessed Shannon and I having heated conversations as we kept talking, it came to light just how uh, unsettling it was whenever Shannon and I were arguing, and particularly when my kids were young, how unsettling it was to them. It, 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 they didn't like it. Now, we believe, Shannon and I did, that it's good for, for mom and dad to have arguments, husband and wife to have arguments, and, and it's good for us to show that we can have strong opinions and we can disagree and we can actually get upset perhaps with each other but even if we get upset we want to model for our kids how it is that we we resolve that conflict but in doing that because we knew that our arguments would affect the kids and they would be walking around a little shell-shocked or scared 
we would be quick to say to them, hey kids, everything's okay. We love you. Mom and dad love each other. We're just upset with each other right now and we will work this out. And we did work it out and we did show them how uh, it was that we were able to work out our differences. But the truth still stood that the condition of our marriage directly affected our children. It affected them in terms of their sense of confidence, in their terms of their sense of security. The condition of my, our marriage affected them. Now, this truth is brought to light in a passage of Scripture in the last book of the Old Testament. It's called Malachi. Malachi was a prophet of God. The word Malachi means messenger, and so his name captured his life purpose. Malachi was called to be a messenger of God to the Jews. He came to the Jews at a time in which the Jews had just returned not long ago from captivity in Babylon. The reason they were in captivity was that God had sent them into captivity as a judgment, as a punishment for their violation of the covenant, the agreement that they had made with God. They had violated God's laws. They had turned their worship to idolatry. They had turned their lives to not following God's word. And so they were sent into captivity, but God, true to his promise, brought them back. And in bringing them back, they had reestablished this agreement and they had made the commitment, we will never ever give ourselves to idolatry and we will strive to live by your word and to follow your will. But their good intentions did not turn out to obedience. And so Malachi was sent by God to speak to the Jews, to remind them of their commitment, and to point out exactly where they were stepping out of line from God's word. And one of the areas they were stepping out of line was marriage. They had returned with their wives, their Jewish wives, and they had arrived in the new land and had settled in. And all of a sudden they decided, well, you know what? We don't particularly, uh, we're not particularly fond of uh, our wives right now. We like these new opportunities provided. And so they were divorcing their wives and they were marrying, uh, remarrying foreign ladies. And so Malachi brings this out, and I want you to pay attention, and particularly, I want you to pay attention as we look at Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. I want you to pay attention to what God says regarding the impact their, the, the state of their marriage had on the rest of the community, their lives, right? Listen to this. He says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears, you weep and wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? So he, he's saying, hey, you are complaining that God's not responding to you. He's not blessing you. He's not answering your prayers. You're complaining that your worship uh, seems to be pinging against the roof and coming back to you. There's nothing in it. You're complaining it. And so you're asking, why? Why is this happening? Why are these bad things occurring? Why isn't God leering us? Well, here's the answer. He says, it is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her. Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant, has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard. 
And do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord God, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. See, I read this scripture and I see confirmed the truth that the condition of our marriages affects more than our marriage. The condition, making this personal, the condition of my marriage affects more than my marriage. Malachi says, your worship is become ineffective, hollow. Why? Because of the condition of your marriages. He says, because you've been unfaithful to your wives, because you have been unfaithful in your marriages, there is now a national crisis amongst you, the people of God. You know, you might be wondering, okay, that's an interesting thing, and, and, and how does this land with me? How does this land in my situation? How does this land in my condition? And, and, and I understand we're all in different places when it comes to marriage. Some of us are happily married and have healthy marriages. Some of us have marriages that are struggling and, and, and are in dire need of, of work and life and health. Some of you are single. You're single for a variety of reasons. You're single because you've never been married. You may be single and you might have children. You may be single and the reason you're single is because of divorce and you have a, a deep wound and a deep hurt because of that. You might be single because you're a widow or widower. And so this different situation, you might think, well, this marriage thing doesn't necessarily apply to me. Well, I'm here to encourage you and to remind you that it does. In the book of Hebrews, we're reminded that the marriage bed amongst Christians needs to be honored by all. And to me, that's not only keeping ourselves morally pure, sexually pure, but also I believe it's a matter of commitment, a matter of commitment of all members of the church to do what they can to support marriage. And so if you are happily married, it means keep working at that marriage. If you are in marriage and you're in need of, of help and, and, and health and work, then find the work, find the help, seek God's guidance and seek counsel. If you're single and whatever reason you're single, then it's important perhaps you can be a resource if you're married and you've learned lessons regarding life that you can share with other married couples who are struggling and you have wisdom to share regarding that, then do that to support their marriage. Pray for the marriages of your friends and family. If you're single and, and you're, you're dealing with you know, the fact that you're looking forward to marriage, well, I think the best thing you can do to support marriage is to prepare yourself for a marriage as God intended. And you say, how do I do that? Well, I think of it as fishing. You know, I talked about skipping rocks around the lake. I also like to fish. And I think if you think of, of courtship or, or seeking out the right person like fishing, well, how do you fish? Well, you fish by putting out a bait in the water to attract the kind of fish you want to catch. Well, similarly, if you want to catch a godly man or a godly woman to be a, your husband or to be your wife, well, then it's important that you're the right kind of bait. What does that mean, Dee? Well, here's a suggestion. In order to support marriage, why don't you set up a profile? Imagine and ask yourself, what kind of person would, uh, would I see as being a, having a, a godly healthy marriage with? What kind of characteristics, what kind of profile would that look like? 
And when you create that profile of that person, then ask yourself, okay, then if this kind of person is in my life, what and it becomes my spouse, what, what kind of husband or wife would I be to, to that person to fulfill uh, the requirement of being a godly, uh, healthy person for them? And when you work out that profile, then you, you have before you a list that you need to live by. You need to live in that way so that you become the lure that will attract the right kind of fish, if you're following with me. But bottom line is that every single one of us is called, as Jesus followers, to support marriage, to do what we're called in the position that we are to support marriage, to honor a godly marriage. And we, we, whatever's happened in the past, whatever our journey has been to bring us to where we are today, we can make that commitment now. And we can make that commitment seeking God's help now. Understand that the condition of marriage affects more than the marriage. Now, regarding this series, regarding really the topic that we're going through right now, we can take that another step and say, you know, the condition of my marriage affects my children, affects children. God says to Malachi, hey, remind, remember that the purpose of marriage, the purpose of a, a godly, faithful marriage is to produce godly offspring. And that points to the fact, to the truth that a healthy marriage is foundational to rearing godly children. A healthy marriage is foundational to rearing, God's, to rearing godly children. See, marriage is the center, the, the, the foundation of the family. And when that center is healthy and strong and well, then everything else falls in its correct place. But if it's not healthy, if it is not well, if it's, if it's off kilter, that creates waves of influence that are dysfunctional in a family. You see, we need to realize that the best thing we can do for our kids as husband and wife is to work on our marriage. The best gift we can, we can start with with our kids is to work on a healthy marriage. Now realize that if you are single and you're rearing children on your own, realize that I understand that that that, that obviously is impossible. It's hard to, 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 to fulfill, I love your dad or I love your mom if they're not there or not part of your life. I get that. And that's where I say that's when we defer to the first statement in our seven things kid needs to hear. Statement number one, I love God. And I will rely on God to fulfill the gaps that's needed to be able to provide a solid base by which my kids can be reared in godliness. I want to close with this image. It's an image that I hope uh, captures you. Obviously, not too many of us are jumping on planes and going on flights right now. But one thing when we do is that at the beginning, whenever we are all boarding and putting our seatbelts and getting ready, and as the plane begins to taxi, what happens? Well, there's a presentation, a safety presentation, that's usually done by the stewards. Uh, many times it's now done on the screen, if that's in front of you, there in your seat. I, I enjoy particularly traveling with Southwest and, and seeing how much fun they have in the safety presentation. They really make it entertaining. One of the things they always say regarding the safety presentation is that if the cabin loses pressure, what can you expect? What you can expect is that out of the top will fall down, what, some oxygen masks. And then they say this. They say, put on the mask and pull, 
and that will stop the flow of oxygen so that you will not faint from the lack of oxygen that's occurred because of the emergency. Now another thing they say, particularly if you have children, what do they say? They say if you have children, don't give in to the temptation to try to put the, the child's mask on first. What you're to do first is put on your mask so that you can then be able to put on the mask of your child. Now why do they say that? Well, they say that because if you're so worried about taking care of your child and that you don't take care of yourself by giving yourself oxygen, then you might be in a situation that you pass out and you won't be able to take care of your child well. I think you, you know where I'm going with this. Many times when children come in to the family, when we start having kids, the temptation is to give all the oxygen to the kids. The temptation is to bring about total focus on the kids. The temptation is to make the kids be the only thing that, that brings you into oneness. And that's a dangerous thing. That's like putting oxygen on the kids first before putting oxygen on yourself. You see, when you start doing that, when you start making uh, the focus on the kids, be, be all and end all of the family, it begins to starve the marriage relationship. And what happens is that the energy and, and the resources and the time that, that's needed to devote to working on marriage, that gets set aside and squandered away and eventually the marriage begins to die and what you get is you begin to get a situation where the marriage is not healthy and because the marriage is not healthy, even though you're dedicated to your kids, in effect you start undermining your ability to rear godly children. You see, I think it's important that Husbands and wives realize that the best gift they can give to their kids, the first gift they need to give to their kids, is to work on their marriage. To ensure that they set aside time to work on their marriage. And I'm using that word work intentionally because marriage requires work. You know, I like to say that marriage is the commitment of two people to live life in the same direction. Living life in the same direction actually fulfills this call that God places on marriage to be one. Well, learning to live life on the same direction requires work because in life we're constantly being distracted and we're constantly being pulled in different directions. And so it requires work in touching base so that you can recalibrate, if you'd like, to make sure you're living life in the same direction. And so activities such as conversation, activities such as praying together, activities such as going out on dates and fostering romance, activities about working things together, and acti activities such as, as making sure that you are worshiping together and studying the Bible together and doing things that, that really foster oneness, calibrating your life to continually face life in the direction in the same direction, that brings about health in marriage. And it's important to understand that in doing that, that's the best gift you can give to your kids. Because a healthy marriage is foundational to rearing godly children. What kids need, what kids need in the, in the, in the typical family dynamic, what they need is to hear dad say, I love your mom, and to live it out. And to hear moms say, I love your dad, and to live it out. And to see it 
practiced. Because from that place, everything else finds its place. And everything else is, is, is foundational in a way that kids can then flourish and grow and become the godly offspring that we want from them. I want you to know that the best oneness practice, the best thing to bring you and your spouse to facing life in the same direction is a commitment to Jesus Christ. A commitment to follow God through faith in His Son and to live by His Spirit. And again, we're going back now to number one, I love God. If you work on that and if you start with that, that becomes a, 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 a foundational piece that really acts as a bonding agent, the, the basis of a bonding agent to bring you to oneness. If you haven't made that commitment, I encourage you to, to consider the invitation that Jesus offers that he wants you to come. All who are heavy laden and burdened, come and I will give you rest. Jesus will forgive your sins. Jesus will bring you to a, a place where you will be right with God. And one of the ramifications of that, one of the ripples of that, is that it will affect your marriage and you will learn how it is to live as a husband, to live as a wife as God intended. And when you do that, the ramification of that will be that you become, you now set the foundation to rearing godly children. So I encourage you to consider that. If you made that decision, let us know and we, we will contact you and, and, and work with you on the next steps on that faith commitment. I'm so glad to be with you here in my house. I'm so glad to share opportunity to share my heart with you. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for this time we can share. I pray for every marriage that's represented here. I pray for, for your blessing. I pray that you will help moms and dads to, to take a stock of where they are and to uh, maybe have the courage to ask the question, how, what's, how, how is our marriage? Are we really uh, in oneness? Are we really living life facing the same direction? Ha have we got off kilter? I pray that everyone else who's here that, that's listening, I think, you know, we all need to be committed to helping marriages. Kids, if you're listening, I pray that you would do your part to help mom and dad, especially you older kids. Encourage mom and dad to go out and date, so don't give them a hard time when they do. And, and, and encourage them to, to foster romance as they need to. Grandparents, whenever possible, when this virus thing goes over, encourage moms and dads uh, to go out and enjoy time together and you take care of the kids so that you can uh, see an investment in their marriage. Why? Because, because the condition of our marriages, the condition of our marriages affects more than the marriage. And a healthy, godly marriage is the foundation to rearing godly children. Pray this blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.